0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.
2: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoke audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. A T.
0: We went from normal life healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance.
3: to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, a conversation with activist and broadcaster Joe Madison. Madison has made an impact on both fronts. Before he became a broadcasting icon, he made his impact on the front lines of the civil rights movement with the NAACP. The National Radio Hall of Famer, who is known by his moniker the Black Eagle, can be heard weekdays on Sirius XM, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Channel 126. Madison is in the second week of a hunger strike. As a means of political protest, the legendary talk show host has vowed not to eat solid food until the Senate passes and President Biden signs the Freedom to Vote Act or the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act.
2: Joe, good to talk to you as always, man. It's always good to see you and talk to you and uh i think everybody should know how long we've known each other
3: (laughs) a long time a very Um, long time and and joe one of the things i've admired about you for so long is your commitment um not only to just bringing the word but uh, actually walking the walk when you have to and you're in one of those stages now one of those places now with this hunger strike first of all what it is such a drastic move um what caused you to do it first and foremost
2: you know everyone has said that, that that it is a drastic move and my immediate response is it it's it's drastic what the united states senate mm-hmm. is doing or should i say not doing you know i i made this statement Ed, when i when i first uh, announced the hunger strike that I would not eat any solid food as a form of protest, both moral and political. And in my what what I wanted people to understand was that just as food is essential to life, um, and, and essential to sustaining life, just as food is essential su- to sustaining life. Voting is essential to sustaining our democracy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, the, that's really the the, the, the whole philosophy. Um, I mean, think about this. You have Republicans <clears throat> telling the uh, all of us, we need your vote. You should be in our corner. Uh, you should be voting for our candidates in our party. But then your party has introduced over 400 pieces of legislation in 49 states that suppress our vote. So how is it that you can, under the guise of of protecting voter integrity, how is it that you can uh, suppress our vote Mm -hmm. and then ask us to vote for you? Then, quite honestly, uh, I wanted to put uh, political pressure on the Democrats and that included uh, President Biden uh, to understand that all of this great legislation that you have signed into law, like you did with the infrastructure, like you hope to do with a uh, Build Back Better, that we put that pen in your hand. We turned Georgia from ruby red to sky blue. We we delivered uh, Pennsylvania. We delivered. Uh, other other states. Uh, and, and by the way, in the middle of a pandemic. And so as soon as uh, uh, you you won, we should have been priority number one. Now, I also had thought about my children, uh, you know, four children, five grandchildren, a great grandchild. And I, I I said, well, what, what is the history books or what are the historians going to write 25, 30, 40 years from now uh, when we look at what could well be the end of the second reconstruction for, for African-Americans? The first reconstruction uh, did not end well, mm-hmm. uh, and that is that at, uh, uh, Southern whites had their entire world turned upside down with the 14th, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. The most important part of that was the right to vote. And look what happened. We, sent, uh, we, we took over state legislatures. We sent uh, n- us former slaves uh, to the Senate and to the House of Representatives. Uh, we built schools. Uh, and, and we all did that. They all did that. Our forefathers did that with the power to vote. As soon as the uh, Rutherford B. Hayes compromise went into effect and he had cut a deal with white Southern uh, uh, Democrats known then as Dixiecrats, Mm -hmm. the first thing they went after, Ed, was the vote. And all hell broke loose because he agreed to pull uh, federal troops out of the uh, former slave states and what happened they started intimidating people both black uh, uh uh former former slaves and our allies uh they they lynched people they assassinated uh uh office holders uh and they and, and we did not recoup really until uh the modern civil rights movement yeah and I just simply made a, a, you know made it very clear that i'm not going to sit back and allow that history to re- repeat itself on the backs of my children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. You are looking for, and we should note that they're
3: stalled in the Senate. The uh, the Freedom to Vote Act and John Lewis's uh, Voting Rights uh, Advancement Act to 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 pass um, the Senate and and looking for Biden uh, to put some muscle in, and sign it into law. But one of the things that we are missing is the chess pieces that. If not played correctly, take us to drastic acts. Talk to me about how you've seen Democrats play on the political chessboard. I think, quite frankly and candidly, they've been outplayed for quite some time now.
2: I I, I think they've they they have been outplayed up to a point. Um, and let me keep this within the realms of uh, of what has happened. Uh, this week um, and and maybe most people uh aren't aware of this. Uh, we just uh, got a letter or we we uh, yeah we, we we got a letter from uh, 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 Senator Schumer, uh, the Senate majority Leader, that outlined delineated a a, a a legislative agenda that he wants to get through. Uh, by by the end of December, and thank goodness, and I think it's due to the pressure that we and the attention that we put on the 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 two voting uh, uh, right bills that that those two bills are on that agenda that he believes might be that we might be able to get a vote on uh, by uh, by the end of this year. In addition to that. Um, I had uh, 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 Congressman Clyburn from South Carolina on the show, and he hinted that I think we can get it passed now uh, to talk about how the 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 pieces move on this chessboard. I must be honest with you. I don't have any inside information, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do pick up these hints that they're dropping that something is going on in the uh, in the background. Maybe one of the things that they're doing with this money that is now uh, been that will be allocated under the um, uh, the infrastructure bill, Uh, you know, maybe there'll be an LBJ moment. And what do I mean by that? Uh, None of the Southern Dixiecrats in the 60s wanted to sign the civil rights bill Mm -hmm. of 1964. And Lord knows they didn't want to sign the 65 Voting Rights Act. But Johnson was very clever. Uh, One of the things he did was he attached uh, the the civil rights bill and the voting rights bill uh, to things that those senators needed in their states, like bridges, highways uh, and other infrastructure items. And and he told them, look, if you don't vote for the civil rights bill, you don't vote for the voting rights bill. Then you know what? I I may not. You're not going to get that bridge. You're not but Joe, that in high. the '60s, in the
3: '60s, uh, and let's be honest, historically, LBJ wasn't altruistic with passing those bills. He didn't particularly love them himself, but he was politically pragmatic, and he understood where the nation was going, and that eventually he'd have to do it. And he came out, quite frankly, looking better than maybe his heart, you know, believed in the beginning. Uh, I'm not sure that we have that political pragmatism anymore.
2: Well, we better, because this is, would be my message to, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, if anybody ought to be pragmatic, it it should be uh, uh President Biden mm-hmm. and 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 the Democratic uh uh party. Because and I'll say this, and I have said it uh and on the air, and that is you cannot win a national election without us. Now that is as pragmatic as you can get. You can't win. We are your margin of, uh, of victory. We've proven that. We've exercised that political power. And, and so therefore, I think, that, uh, uh, I think that Joe Biden and the people around him and the Democratic Party itself, uh, if they don't recognize that, they're going to learn the hard way. Because if he doesn't get the protection of our voting rights, in this in in this session or soon. And I personally don't care how long it takes. It's got to be done because I'm going to do what I have to do as long as I have to do it. Then they they better realize that uh, we may end up just staying home. It's not that we'll switch to the Republican Party. Right. We just stay home. But, Joe, how do we do that when
3: we when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place all the time? Right, Democrats take you for for granted because they know if you stay at home, you're going to get a Republican. Uh, And with the Republican Party that we know today, we certainly don't want that. I was quite frankly a little disenchanted by the fact that I saw so many African American leaders find their way to the White House when the infrastructure bill um, was passed. I get the invitation. You and I have had them both. You and I have stood on that lawn, and it is heady stuff. But at some point. We have to tell the Democrats that we mean what we say about walking away. And as long as you get that Christmas party invitation and that, you know, uh, lawn invitation and you get to rub shoulders and put it on your Instagram, I'm not sure how quickly uh, leadership, uh, black and Democrats are really ready and willing to walk away.
2: Well, I got to tell you, uh, I agree with you. You're right. We've both had those uh uh, invitations, but my support, and 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 I think that's what we have to tell our leaders. Uh, my support, your support, and I hope their support isn't uh, uh, can be bought for an invitation to a holiday party or a bill signing uh, ceremony. Now, let me tell you what I, I did uh, that when when I knew that practically every civil rights leader would be invited to that bill signing ceremony. I called them out. Mm-hmm. And I said, to them, look, guys and ladies, while you're all together and you have the president's ears and you have the ears of the uh, of the bipartisan uh, uh, senators that were there, uh, don't use that time just to shake hands and 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 and, and, and share complimentary uh, uh, thank yous for this moment. Uh, please, you tell them that this is priority number one. And again, I wasn't there, but I'm hoping that the civil rights leadership, the political leadership uh, 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 took took that opportunity to to do just that. Because it's got to be more than just having cocktails and food. This is when you you have those opportunities, this is when you cut deals. This is when you encourage people uh, to do the right thing so i i'm I'm just hoping that they listen to me and maybe, and I, I think they did because the res, the response I'm getting uh from uh ed from from some of them is just and, and this is honest, and I haven't said this to anybody i've been people have been calling me who are inside the administration, who are inside uh the, the Senate, and saying, "Keep doing what you're doing uh Take care of yourself, but keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So we all have to keep doing what we're what we're doing and and put the pressure on. Yeah, Joe, I
3: agree with you. I just think we're at a point, though, that we're going to have to go beyond what we've been used to doing. And that is kind of playing both sides of the coin. I think it is time for us to say we're going to continue protesting. But you know what? You won't always have us for that photo op that you need. That we're gonna walk well, away agree. from that.
2: Look, I, I agree with that. I'm yeah. not and 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 again, I'll I'll tell you and, and your audience what I'm prepared to do. And that is uh this Friday, uh, the Senate is going to go on Thanksgiving recess. Well, that means that I'm not gonna have turkey on a plate. I'm not gonna have mm-hmm. any plates <laughs> gonna be empty. And uh, you know, if they think if they think i that this is some kind of game with me, uh, if they think that I'm gonna cave in, uh, you know, you know me, Ed. Uh Ed, look, I I I am part of the I I come from the the spirit of 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 Dick Gregory. Hell, mm-hmm. Dick Gregory mm-hmm. and I once fast together for three months. He's fast for longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm very serious about this because, you know. I, there's no way I'm going to have uh, the, uh, the, the generations down the road uh, ask, well, what did y'all do to stop this uh, uh, second Reconstruction? What did y'all do while they, why they didn't protect your right to vote? And I think we all have that uh, obligation. And I hope while these senators are at home enjoying uh, their festivities and their friends and their families, uh, maybe they'll think about the fact that uh, they need to come back immediately, convene, and the, the priority has to be uh, these these at least one of these two uh, uh, voting rights uh, uh,
3: bills. Joe, let me ask you, you brought up uh, Dick, and I was about to ask you, because I know of the friendship that, t- that the two of you had, and I can recall talking with Dick during one of his hunger strikes. And he talked to me about, I asked him what he wanted people to do who weren't necessarily willing to, uh, go on a fast, but wanted to walk in lockstep and solidarity with him. So let me pose the same question to you for those who won't do that. What do you
2: want them to do? How can well, they I mean, assist? I'm just curious. Now I'm going to have to interview you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, no, I'm really, I'm curious. Do you remember what he said? um i i I've never asked him that question um and i've never heard him give instructions or permission uh for people to uh do what he's doing um i what I have heard him say many times and uh, when we had been involved in protest and had gotten arrested and uh i I once asked him. You know what? I mean, does this really do any good? He says, "You know, the one thing it does is that Joe, when you're when you're when you're escorted past the the, the brothers who are locked up in jail, and they see Joe Madison, they see Dick Gregory, uh, they they see you. The first thing they asked you while you're locked up with them, well, why are y'all here? Mm-hmm. Now you get a chance to explain to them what the issue is." Um, what I, 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 re, I sometimes resent saying to people, well, you should do this. You should do that. It, I have gotten, uh, especially through social media, uh, I have gotten so many suggestions, uh, from people on what they plan to do. Uh, uh I've had people say, well, you know what, uh, I'm going to give up a meal, uh, on, on one day a week, or, uh, I'm going to give up Thanksgiving, uh, I've had people talk about maybe we should boycott uh, that maybe we should demonstrate. Well, let's, let's take right now here in Washington, D.C. Uh, there's a, a group of, of young people who camped out in front of uh, Mitch McConnell's Washington, D.C. home and, uh, and, and used their bullhorns. I, I suspect tried to keep him up all night uh, complaining about the fact that he's using the, the uh, a filibuster, mm-hmm. uh, so people can do anything. My philosophy has always been something I remember. Professor Ron Walters said he the, the political science uh, chairman of Howard University, extraordinary man. We should say. Oh, I, I mean, you know, brilliant I, I mean, political mind. Just brilliant. Uh, he he once lectured a group of students, and and he he he, he said, look. Young people, you've got to understand there's a difference between a moment and a movement. And what, and apparently one of the students, as he told this story, said, Well, doctor asked him, Well, what's the difference between a moment and a movement? And he said, One word sacrifice. Mm-hmm. All movements require sacrifice. People have to be willing to understand. It's not enough just to, Participate in a moment. You have to be prepared to understand. Any significant change requires a movement, and all movements require sacrifice. That's why I'm not. I'm I'm somewhat reluctant to tell people how to sac what to sacrifice. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I I would as well as I've known you. Love you dearly. Uh. I I would never tell. <laughs> say well you know what Ed? you need to sacrifice this you have to make
3: yeah and i'll tell you that's exactly what dick said and i it it was one of his feisty periods when i talked to him about this and you'll appreciate that i'll have to clean it up a little bit but what dick did say joe is that um just as you said i'm not here to tell you what to do but i can tell you you should do something
2: and to invoke the the words of uh Congressman, the late Congressman John Lewis, he says, if you see something that is not right, say something, but then do something. something. Yeah. Yeah.
3: When we come back, the future of the Biden administration and will political balance shift after the upcoming midterm?
0: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Let me take you to midterms, uh, Joe. So many people looking at uh, that down the road. You know, we have seen midterms that can change, and I think of you know Obama's first midterm that can literally change the dynamic of a presidency. And in his case, for that remaining first term and his second term, Uh, there's a lot of "woe is me" in the press, uh, particularly in the white press, about what this may be uh, and mean to Democrats. Uh, Prognosticate a little bit for me. What do you see?
2: Well, what I what I see is number one, and first and foremost. That the Repu- that the Trumpers uh, are in essence trying to, if they haven't already, taking over the Republican Party and attempting to put in place uh, their candidates uh, in both the House and the Senate, and be to be quite candid, also in in, in state leg- legislative races, so that uh, they can uh, reverse everything that has been done. By this uh, uh, Biden administration, and and what they didn't get reversed uh, during uh, Trump's uh, four years, I would add to that 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 this would also this this is so critical because Trump wants to be able to use the midterm in in the in a few months as a, a springboard into him getting elected again. In uh, 2024, this is what this is about, and let me tell you: if they are successful, this is one of the reasons that they're that they're trying to suppress the vote, because if they're successful and Trump is in good health and Trump is alive, uh, then I say to you that we 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 may be looking at a another four years of Donald Trump as president. And then, quite honestly, uh, you know, it, it'd be the closest thing to a dictatorship than than this country has uh, has seen. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. That let me tell you, that is the long range goal. And and I'm like you. Uh, I watched what happened uh, when uh, 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 President Obama literally, I mean, literally begged folks to please organize. Come out to vote. I need this midterm. Matter of fact, the first interview uh, that the uh, 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 that I had with the president was uh, him calling calling me and saying, "Can can you can I can you come to the White House and and we sit down and I need to encourage people." Uh, to get out the vote. And it it was funny because I said, well, I don't need to come to the White House. I'm not doing television. I'm doing radio. And that was before podcasting. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, no, no, no. I want you to come and sit down right here in the Oval Office. That's because one, he had respect for the show. But two, he wanted to make sure that the word got out That I was impressed enough, and it is impressive to go to the White House and the Oval Office and sit and have a one-on-one with the president, but he was doing all he could to say the same folk that had T-shirts that said, vote or die, you got to do the same thing in 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 2010. You got to do the same thing for this midterm, because if you don't, I'm going to be handcuffed by the House and the Senate. And that's exactly what happened. We
3: have seen uh, an attack on uh, federal standards. Uh, Republicans have always wanted to keep states' rights in place. It makes it a lot easier, as you've already mentioned, Joe, to suppress a vote and, you know, kind of change the game state by state. Uh, you don't have to worry about what mandates, uh, you know, and edicts come if if the person you want in the Oval Office isn't there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Biden, Harris and 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 what you're seeing. Um, there are rumbles about whether or not there is, um, you know, a disharmony in, in the White House between the two. That's not new necessarily between presidents and vice presidents. Um, do you think there's much to do about nothing?
2: Yes, I do think it's much to do about nothing. And I got to tell you, I was, man, if you'd have heard my show today, we had, there was a talk show uh, personality on a conservative right-wing channel that that said that, that Vice President Kamala Harris was nothing more than a wet spot on the bed. Hmm. I am serious that she, 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 the only way she could become president was that she had to sleep her way to the top. I and I am, I, I have, I, I mean, I'm almost, I am so angry and have been, um, th- I mean, I have never in my broadcast career, never heard a broadcaster. Refer to a vice president, or quite honestly, any woman in power that said, "You know, in, in in all honesty, she's nothing more than a wet spot on a bed." Um. Uh. And so, the 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 uh, this is, and then you had Tucker Carlson, who uh, who uh, uh, insinuating. Uh, That that, you know, that's who she dated, that she dated Willie Brown, that she dated uh, Montel Williams. And and that that's the only way that she became uh, uh, could make her way to the uh, top. Um, So, you know, when you think when and this just happened recently. So, like you said, what's new? You know, uh, you, you, you always have tension when you, uh, when you have uh, powerful people who come into the same room. I know what it is. It is a, a concerted and early attempt uh, to, uh, uh, to, um, uh, uh, to paint uh, Kamala Harris uh, as being uh, unfit uh, uh, to be the next, maybe to be president of the United States uh later on. Uh and, and this is the game they're playing. And by the way, they're very good at the at the long game. Yep. And that's yep. what this is this is what this is really about. And the sad thing is, I, I warn, I warn everyone, don't get caught up in that narrative. Because that's what they're trying to do. They that that's all they're that they're trying to do uh is
3: let me ask you about Joe Biden and his approach politically. There are some who say that um, the, the kind of presidency he wants uh, can no longer exist, that this sense of cobbling together uh, you know, disparate uh, political thought from across the aisle won't work anymore, that you've got to go scorched earth, if you will. Um, how much do you buy that uh, he's not quite uh, ready for mothballs yet his approach?
2: Well, I don't think he's he's ready for mothballs, but I <laughs> I look I I I agree totally with that uh that sentiment. I really do. This is not the Senate, the Congress, the time 30, 40 years ago when you entered into national politics. Not with this crowd. Oh no, 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 no! This crowd, uh, this, 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 these, these are some weird people. This crowd will watch an attempt to lynch their vice president. Yeah, of uh, harm, a uh, mem- uh, hey, throw members out of their own party. Wait a minute, this is a crowd where they sit on a committee uh, with the uh, the chair, and and talk about and and, uh, um, a murder uh, video. Uh, You know, um, this is a crowd that is unlike anything we've seen, I would say, since the Civil War. Uh, And and so Biden needs to understand uh, that um, uh, this, (laughs) it's the old uh, OJ song, it's the OJ song. You know, um, they'll smile in your face but they will uh, stab you in the back. And that's what this crowd will, uh, will do.
3: Last question I have for you. And, and, you know, I, I could have spent this 30 minutes just talking about the extraordinary uh, career that you have had in broadcasting, which, you know, came after an extraordinary career on the front lines of of the civil rights movement. Uh, but give me a sense of n- now that I'm sure you've had some time as you are now a member of the national radio uh, hall of fame and, been awarded uh a a number of accolades it does give you pause to look back as you are able to now and i know you're still in the midst of it but as you look back joe what do you what do you think about uh in terms of what you've been able to accomplish
2: you know um that's a difficult uh question um I've never looked at things I've done or been involved in as personal accomplishments. And and that's sort of what your your question implies. I have never said when I got involved like in going to the Southern part of Sudan uh, to deal with uh, uh, trying to free slaves, it wasn't personal accomplishments, it was seeing something that was wrong and, and, and trying to do something about it or trying to uh, to correct it. And that's the honest answer, Ed. I, it, it, I never have entered into uh, anything that I, I felt needed to be done and say, but what will I personally accomplish? I have have never thought that way. Um, Even when I was in uh, high school and college uh, involved in the civil rights movement, uh, I've I've always, the the accomplishment was for the common good, Uh, not, not personal. It never, never has been.
3: Well, Joe, I can say this uh, wholeheartedly and earnestly that um, one of the things that I've admired about you for so long is um, that is not just hyperbole. You know, in, a, in an industry full of egos, uh, not that you are devoid of yours or I of mine, but you have always been true to the cause. Um, and I think that was uh, and is what is most admirable about what you do and why so many of us uh, applaud the things you do including this hunger strike which I hope wakes this Senate up and um gets movement on these bills uh and we certainly will continue to watch and 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 be prayerful as you as you move through this Joe you know how I feel about you buddy love you and I appreciate you coming on and and
2: and it's mutual it is uh <clears throat> it is mutual uh when we both are in detroit and and uh like you said uh we you know we we learned this business together. I'm just glad that, uh, I'm in a situation like you are where you have a platform
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that, uh, we can use this platform to do what, what really it should be used for. And that is to educate people. Uh, and, and when you educate them, uh, then, then you can move them, uh, to do what's right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll close if you don't mind with Uh, One of my favorite quotes from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and it's not the I have a dream speech, but he he once said in a sermon that the two most dangerous things on the planet, uh, that the two most dangerous things on the planet were sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. (laughs) And quite honestly, that's what we're dealing with. And and it's really dangerous when you combine the two. And it's our job uh, to educate people and then motivate them and, and, uh, and always ask the question, what are you going to do about it? Because everybody can do something. So I, I love you back and uh, thank you. And I don't say that to flatter you. I say that because I appreciate you.
3: Again, you can hear Joe Madison, 6 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday on Sirius XM, channel 126. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeart Media. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our themes. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media.
1: This message comes from Viking.